Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Friday. This is Seattle Now. This week, the snow fell. A local attorney is suing meal service Daily Harvest over crumbles that made people sick, and Alexa was Amazon's darling. Now, the company is learning about its limitations and cutting positions. We're breaking down the week with Esme Jimenez from the Seattle Times and KUOW's Katie Campbell. But first, let's get you caught up. If you haven't gotten your flu shot yet, really think about putting that on your list. Public Health Seattle King County says a second child has died, one of eight deaths reported so far in the state. The state tracks flu activity, and right now it is very high. Public health officials say the flu vaccine is a solid choice, but hand washing and masking help too. Seattle may not see a lot of precipitation from this next storm system, but it's going to stay mighty cold. It'll be in the 30s, so the city has warming spaces available and shelters are opening up extra space overnight throughout the weekend. If you're thinking this cold weather is unusual for this time of year, you'd be right. Normally, we're in the mid-40s. And you may disagree with this, but word on the street is that being single in Seattle is not so bad. Personal finance site WalletHub released a report ranking 180 cities across the U.S. for their dating friendliness. Seattle ranked number one. How did they reach this conclusion? Well, WalletHub measured the percentage of singles, online dating chances, and the cost of a date. Cue that singles soundtrack. Hope everyone was able to stay warm this week because, boy, it was chilly. Temperatures stayed in the 30s most days. Overnight lows were in the 20s, plus snow and wind. A lot less chilly in Qatar, where the U.S. men's team gave soccer fans something to cheer about this week. Of course, neither of the Seattle Sounders on the squad get any time on the field, but there's always the next game. Esme Jimenez is here. She covers mental health at the Seattle Times. Really glad you're here, Esme. Hello. Hello, thanks for having me. Katie Campbell's here, too. She's the senior producer for Morning Edition at KUOW. Katie Campbell, welcome back. Hey. Good to have you here. Well, we have to start with the snow, of course. Slushy here in North Seattle, but really piled up in the mountains, which is great if you're into snow sports and lots of traffic, because that's what's going to happen next with the ski season opening, potentially. Katie, the mountains look great with their first dusting of snow, don't you think? Oh my gosh, yes. I've been looking at the National Weather Service account. They always do a great job. The passes, WashDOT has gorgeous pictures of all the passes, the ski lodges. It looks beautiful. Unfortunately, I'm not a winter sport person, but this might be my year. I'm going to give it a shot because it looks Ooh. too perfect not to not to hit it up. Yeah, I was looking out uh, over the Olympics. It was just really nice to see the snow on the Olympic Peninsula. What about you, Esme? How was your week this week with the snow? I liked it. It was pretty, but that's also because I was inside. (laughs) It's always much more relaxing and like romantic slightly. You're like, oh, it's snowing Mm. in Seattle from my warm house. (laughs) I am not a snow bunny. I believe in other people's rights to be snow bunnies. It's just not, it's not for me. (laughs) I will fight for your right. (laughs) Lots of travelers got hosed at the airport. Hundreds of flights got canceled. Seattle's online winter weather response map, though, will show you in real time where the trucks are and where they're treating the streets. But, you know, it was a tough week for a lot of people. Lots of power outages. I know up the street from me, there were a couple of trees down. A little spicy. 
spicy out there. Spicy. Yeah, it was another week to be glad that I am uh, don't have children because there's also school closures. That always sucks to see people having to make last minute plans. The power outages, like you said, people are cold in their homes. Luckily, here in Fremont, it's been pretty manageable. Although we did have like a massive dump of grapple. Is that how you say it? What is it? Grapple. It's like a weird ice snow mix. I have never heard that term. <laughs> I thought it was a Pacific Northwest thing. <laughs> I am failing my Pacific Northwest test here because I have never heard that term. Amazing. Another big story this week in the Seattle Times is about a lawsuit filed against health food company Daily Harvest over illnesses linked to their French lentil and leek crumbles. 17 people in Washington got horribly sick this past year. Nationwide, the FDA says the crumbles were linked to 329 illnesses and 113 hospitalizations in 36 states before the company discontinued them. A local lawyer is spearheading the lawsuit. The problem, according to the company, was a source of protein from Terra flour, which apparently mm-hmm. is an uncommon ingredient in the U.S. Katie, I know you used to eat Daily Harvest. Did you eat the crumbles? I didn't. Uh, I think I actually was one of the people. So at a certain point, they were including this item, as far as I know, as a promotional giveaway thing in your boxes. And I believe I actually got a bag. I don't think I ate them. I'm not sure why. And I could be misremembering for the record. Uh, I still have some of their smoothies in my freezer. Their smoothies were great. Uh, But I do have, uh, I checked, there's a soup in there that has French lentils of some kind. I'm probably going to be throwing that away. Uh, I highly recommend if people want to hear even more about this and what it implies uh, for these meal delivery services in general, there's a great podcast uh, called You're Wrong About. And they did a whole episode about this. And what's scary is that so many of these delivery services get a lot of ingredients and certain things from the same facilities. So while we know about this daily harvest outbreak, there's a slight chance that other people could have been affected. And I want to correct myself. I said that the podcast episode was You're Wrong About. It was actually Maintenance Phase, um, which has a former host of You're Wrong About on it. So yeah, that episode really has a lot of good information. It definitely made me rethink some of these delivery services as a single woman. I've used them before because, you know, the portions are more manageable. I don't have to buy a ton of stuff to eat. But I've always kind of wondered about the nature of these services. How long can things stay cool? What, like, how do you know the source of a problem if you do get sick? Uh, Yeah, like I said, I, I might be throwing out a couple of the things that are still in my freezer. Esme, it's interesting how much faith we put in companies, and of course, by extension, the FDA, to not harm us. And in this case, it was a company that sells itself as healthy, clean eating. Oof, that's the problem with marketing terms. You never quite know what the healthy, clean eating actually looks like, right? You have no say over that. I have not used this before, but I think I use, what's the green? HelloFresh, I think is the yeah. green one. Uh, I definitely use that for a little bit. Um, likewise, if you're working, you know, you're busy, you're trying to just feed yourself, feed kids. How many people are regularly looking at the back of their box being like, oh, actually this, you know, iron supplement that's involved in this quinoa salad is actually helping me have ex superfoods or organic or non-GMO or like rainforest allied certified. There's so many things that you want to do the right thing, but you also just want to eat, <laughs> right? You do it three, right. five times a day. You're trying to just get on with your day. Yeah. These kits are very convenient and that's what makes us vulnerable, I guess. Moving on. 
Amazon's layoffs are hitting the Alexa team. Insider reports the shine has worn off the division, which once had as many as 10,000 people in it. Apparently, there's no money to be made in voice assistants. People just don't use Amazon Dot and Alexa to order stuff, which was ultimately the point. Do either of you use these devices? I remember getting this device. I had just gotten a job and uh, one of my bosses gave everyone an, an Amazon Alexa. And I oh. remember I was like, oh my God, look at this fancy little robot they gave us. I don't even know what it is or what it does. And then very quickly I was like, oh no, this is creepy. <laughs> 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 like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't like that it talks back to me. I don't like, like, this is, all of it is just not trustworthy. <laughs> Maybe I'm too skeptical, but I immediately was like, no. I think you're right to be skeptical. My brother actually used to be on the Alexa team um, years ago when he first came oh, to wow. uh, Seattle. Sorry, Josh. Shout out. Hi. Um, yeah, he was he was in the earlier days of it. And so we all kind of had Alexas in our houses. I think he got them for my mom and me at one point. And I still have some Alexa enabled stuff. I, I like the automatic lights that you can set timers on and control from your phone, but I don't have the hubs anymore because um, I don't really want her listening to me. So I, it's kind of funny that I, I kind of use some of the functions of it, but it's just more of a medium than anything for me because it is kind of weird. And now that, you know, my brother's not working on it anymore, I have no loyalty to her. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dot, an echo dot, but my husband disconnected it within an hour and hid it because he was paranoid about it listening. And I still don't know where he hid it. Occasionally, I do the dot enable finding, you know, that, but no, it's not. It's not going to listen to me. It's not going to listen to me. It's interesting you guys are talking about the paranoia about it listening because the real problem was not that it wasn't that it was listening, it was that people weren't ordering, right? Yeah. They weren't using it the way the company wanted them to. Why do you think that part didn't catch on, though? Because it seems like it would be, Alexa, get me some laundry detergent. Sorry, I just ordered laundry detergent to everybody's <laughs> house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the business side of it, that's just a bad model, right? Like you sell a hardware piece once. It's not like you're going to have 17 Alexas that you're buying every other month. <laughs> and then so the service part of it, like, hey, buy this. I think people are so used to going onto Amazon and then purchasing things right from their phone, as opposed to doing it through voice. So I don't know that that skill set ever became ingrained as part of people's daily rituals. She doesn't always understand you perfectly, right? So you may say, hey, you, I won't say the word, uh, order laundry detergent. And she might hear order cereal, you know, obviously not quite that bad. But especially in the earlier days, she had a hard time distinguishing different voices, different words. And also, I, I feel like part of what people like about Amazon is you have a wide marketplace of items to choose from. What laundry detergent do you end up with uh, unless you go through the process of setting up what laundry detergent that should be, which there was a process, but it's involved. If you just go on the website, the menu's there. You can take your pick. I, it just seems much easier yeah, to do you it. You filter visually. through price. Exactly. Yeah. It's not really consumer behavior. It's right. not yeah, ingrained that way. That's really interesting. When I did have the dot, what I used the voice function for most was setting timers. And like, hey, turn on the lights. I think I got one newscast and one weather forecast out of the dot before it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Which is primarily what people are using it for. That's what it became. I was a speaker when I was when I first got it. I was like, oh, it's just like a nice speaker to listen to Spotify. <laughs> totally. 
Yeah. Like you said, the consumer behavior isn't in place yet. There's that certain level that you're not totally in control, right? When you tell it to do something, maybe the space is just too big for the Alexa that it's trying to fill. Because when I think about Siri on my phone, other voice Mm. assistants, that is a very specific function for me. I use it with my phone. It will open my calendar. It will open my, you know, like... Mm-hmm. It seems to function in a smaller environment in terms of its use. So maybe yeah. that is the difference. That's true. I feel like with like, hey, Google too, right? Like it's like, what is what is the biggest elephant or something like that? Whatever question you're curious about or even, um, you know, navigate me to X place. That's more specific as you pointed out. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. At that point, it's like a personal assistant, a looker-upper for you. I like the idea of smart home devices. I like the idea of having more remote control of lights and, you know, temperature and kind of basic living things. I think that's cool, but I don't think Alexa was the right uh, way to do that. Obviously, they agreed <laughs> because they wanted you to order with it. I will say the last thing that I found was a bit odd was Amazon had a brief period in 2021, I think, where they started trying to connect to hospitals and like nursing homes and trying to get them involved there. And the idea was, you know, if your grandfather falls down, he can be like, Alexa, call 911, which hopefully that didn't start anything there um, (laughs) for listeners. But uh, while I think that's somewhat, you know, simplistic, we've got like life alert, right? It's the same iteration there. I don't know about you guys, but I want a little bit more care for my family members, right? Not just uh, a device that I hope catches them and hears them on time, but real human beings to monitor real human beings. Well, and to that point, something creepy I found out, and this was, I think, the last straw was, so I was in the family with like my brother and my mom, and we each had like hubs that were connected to each other. And at a certain point, this we discovered the settings were such that like I could have listened in through my mom's hub because she accidentally did it to me. She could hear us talking at one point. It was very strange. And wow. yeah, we discovered that you could essentially tap into each other's hubs, which like if you're family, I guess it's not the end of the world, but that could be awkward, folks. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> no, it was it was a very odd function that I clear invasion of privacy. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of issues with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a lot of people are using them the way the company would like them to be used, but I guess they're still going to be with us for a while. All right, we are leaving it there. Thanks to our guest Esme Jimenez and Katie Campbell. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks you too. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Claire McGrain produced today's show. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Jenny Cecil Moore, Vaughn Jones, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you Monday. Stand by for one second. I got to shut my husband up. He's down there whistling and clapping. <laughs> whistling. Hey, Rebecca, I'm taping.